0: Welcome to HSBC Talks Business, the podcast series that brings together business leaders and industry experts to explore the latest global insights, trends, and opportunities. Make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with new episodes. Thanks for listening. And now on to today's show.
1: Hello, and welcome to HSBC Talks Business. I'm Alison Kayla from HSBC and I'm joined by Hans Krieg, who is Director of Conservation Finance at The Nature Conservancy Australia, and Alba Basacharji, who is Australian Head of Corporate Sustainability at HSBC. Today, we're going to talk about the fast-growing area of nature-based solutions. Nature itself is one of our biggest weapons against climate change, so efforts to develop nature-based solutions are speeding up, but need to go even faster. Investment in these solutions is estimated to be 133 billion US dollars today, but it needs to quadruple by 2050. Alpa and Hans are going to explain more to us, so welcome to both of you. So, Alpa, a first question for you. Can you tell us in simple terms what is a nature-based solution?
0: Thank you. So, Alison, nature and biodiversity affect all aspects of the global economy. The World Economic Forum tells us that more than half the world's GDP is highly or moderately dependent on nature, but economic activity has impacted our natural resources like energy, water, and food to a point that biodiversity loss is ranked as a top risk to continued growth. So put as simply as I can, Alison, nature-based solutions are actions that aim to protect sustainably manage and restore ecosystems in ways that deliver positive climate change as well as biodiversity and socioeconomic outcomes. If we can
1: break that down just a little bit more, in terms of climate change, what can we expect a nature-based solution to do?
0: So, Alison, we can expect a nature based solution to do several different things. We do know that reducing our carbon emissions is not a complete solution to climate change. And we understand that residual carbon needs to be removed from the atmosphere. But we also need to make our communities more climate resilient. Now, those are two things that nature does really well and we can use nature in lockstep with investing in the decarbonization of industry and investing in technology to get to where we want to which ultimately is a net zero economy as well as providing some nature positive outcomes as well you know i think a really good example would be mangroves when we're talking about their ability to suck up and store carbon and and up to 400% or more efficiently and at higher levels in terrestrial ecosystems. But in terms of climate resilience, they also provide an incredibly impactful and effective natural storm barrier We actually believe that natural climate solutions can provide up to a third of the climate change mitigation that's required by the world, but they can also support a number of other co-benefits, such as creating better livelihoods and supporting outcomes in primary industries, such as fishing. So, Hans, how do
1: you take an idea like that and how do you turn it into an investment, one that might produce a capital gain, one that might produce dividends?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, Alison. Um, And put simply, uh, to create an investment product, any investment product, you need to be able to assign a value to it. Uh, And in this case, that would be a nature-based solution. So that means really that we need a framework that can identify potential income streams, as well as the likelihood of receiving those uh, income streams from, for example, a certain ecosystem service. In many cases, it can also be a matter of identifying cost savings. and This can be straightforward sometimes, like uh, you could consider a cheaper insurance premium uh, if you have a coral reef uh, or a mangrove wall that helps protect the city from flooding or storms. And in other cases, the savings can be less tangible and and quite a bit harder to quantify.
1: Can you give us an example of one of the live projects that your organisation is working towards
2: completing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So one of the projects that we did a few years ago together with HSBC was mapping ocean wealth Australia. And this really was looking at uh, putting down a foundation for uh, quantifying uh, the economic contribution of marine ecosystems and and how they contribute to economic outputs in Southeast Australia. And that research then has led on to one of our current joint projects, which is called Blue Impact Bonds for Nature. Uh, and here we explore a number of different nature-based solutions that are connected to, to restoration activities and, and how these improve outcomes, not only in terms of biodiversity and climate change mitigation, but really also in terms of economic output and consequently uh, to improve livelihoods in coastal New South Wales. And overall, our aim is to create a replicable investment framework that can help accelerate the issuance of, for example, blue impact bonds, uh, but also other nature-based investment products.
1: It's really exciting to hear so much is happening in Australia in this area. W- what about globally, the Nature Conservancy? What's it doing at a worldwide level?
2: Globally, the Nature Conservancy works on a number of uh, climate and nature-positive investments uh, that deliver real-world solutions and we work across broad areas like biodiversity protection, sustainable food systems and First Nations equity. I can give you one example that I think is uh, particularly exciting. That's our recent partnership with the government of Belize where we help them to facilitate uh, the world's largest uh, debt restructuring for marine conservation worth about 500 million Australian dollars. And this kind of debt-for-nature swap. Uh, it's been around since the 1980s, I believe. Uh, and while they have been around for a while, the scale and the ingenuity of this deal are really quite impressive. And, uh, and the impact of this deal stretches far beyond Belize itself. This type of deal is really quite relevant because uh, globally, the, the ocean uh, contributes about 3 trillion US dollars per year. To the global GDP. Despite this, marine conservation continues to be one of the most overlooked and underfunded of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. This then poses both a serious risk uh, and also a huge missed economic opportunity.
1: Alper, I know this is a really big focus of your work and and you have a real passion for for nature-based solutions. So can you tell us more about the work that HSBC is doing?
0: So globally, HSBC has invested in the Climate Solutions Partnership, which is a US $100 million partnership that is looking to scale up the innovations that are required to get to a net zero economy. And within that, one of the areas of focus is nature-based solutions in Australia, Aside from the projects that we're running with the Nature Conservancy, we're also working with organizations like Blue Carbon Lab and Earth Security, and we're developing the financial mechanisms and incentives that will encourage investments in coastal ecosystems like mangroves and assets like blue carbon that really take into consideration some of the other co-benefits and the need to sort of address livelihoods and incomes so what we're really hoping is is the mechanisms that we're building will actually provide a template for similar vehicles across the world if we're building a mangrove uh, bond framework in australia can parties in indonesia or the philippines for example where they also have really rich mangrove stock take that and apply that to their ecosystems I guess the best way to describe it is that we're working as an incubator in a sense. We're sort of testing different frameworks and we're looking to really understand the policy guardrails that need to be in place. It's really important that we work very collaboratively. So we're working with local governments, we're working with communities and NGOs, we're working with academia. We're talking to investors and other really key stakeholders across industries to learn from them what the conditions are that they require to accelerate their investments into nature. And then globally, through our Climate Solutions Partnership, we are again addressing barriers to bankability and really breaking down what it is that we need to be considering to accelerate investments in nature based solutions. And through that partnership, you know, we're, we're also looking at solutions across a number of different ecosystems, you know, in a number of different interventions, such as regenerative agriculture and reforestation in addition to the really wonderful and important work that we're doing in coastal and marine ecosystems.
1: A last question for you, Hans. In your view, what do we need to do next to make these nature-based solutions more widely available?
2: There are a few dimensions to this question, I think. Uh, On the one hand, I think that establishing proof of concepts or running pilot projects Uh, both across different nature-based solutions uh, and around different financing structures. That's definitely part of the equation, similar to some of the projects that we have discussed today. At the same time, it's also important to recognize that nature is made up of complex systems, interlinked systems, and you really need to take a holistic perspective. And given the urgency involved in addressing biodiversity loss and and climate change, we really need to act now. We we can take coastal resilience as an example. Even without having all the relevant data and detail and so on for a specific site or area, there's enough evidence from around the world to show that investing in the conservation and restoration of mangrove forests, for example, should be a no-brainer for any nation that is vulnerable to sea level rise and another type of climatic events. Then I think that blended finance will be a really important tool to mobilize capital into nature-based solutions, really to, to help improve the risk-return characteristics in the sector, which is still emerging. So one of the most important things that need to happen, really, is for governments to start recognizing the value of nature uh, and the services it provides. Uh, I'm pleased to say that in Australia, we're beginning to see this happening at both the state and federal levels. and. I feel hopeful that we can achieve some very significant results over the next few years.
1: Thank you, Hans and Alpa, for your insights. It's clear that nature-based solutions have a key role, not just in climate mitigation and adaptation, but also in improving livelihoods and biodiversity. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Thank you for joining us at HSBC Talks Business. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please do subscribe to the HSBC Talks Business channel to stay up to date with new episodes.